This morning, the gospel reading comes from the third chapter of the gospel according to John, the first 17 verses. I suspect that you know this story. Now, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. And Jesus answered Nicodemus, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to Jesus, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh. What is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses. You hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or even to where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus said to Jesus, how can these things be? And Jesus answered, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know. We testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed. God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Friends, this is the gospel of our Christ. Thanks be to God. I don't usually do this, but why not, right? I suspect that if you ever memorized a Bible verse... This is the one, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whosoever believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. How many of y'all memorize that? Yeah, there we go. So now the real question is, did you just memorize that one verse or did you know this story about Jesus and Nicodemus? Y'all aren't talking back. Come on. <laughs> all right, so the story of Nicodemus and Jesus. This is one of my very favorite stories of all time. This is one for the ages. If ever there was a character that is sympathetic to a 21st century worldview, it would have to be Nicodemus. Because Nicodemus is really trying to figure this out. Nicodemus wants to understand who this Jesus fella is. Nicodemus is a Pharisee. He is a religious leader without repute. I mean, he knows what he's talking about, and he's up in the hierarchy at the temple. He, he's 
someone to be respected. And he knows who Jesus is because they're all trying to get Jesus to stop talking. But Nicodemus is intrigued. And so because he is a part of the religious establishment that's trying to silence Jesus, Nicodemus has to be careful about how he goes about finding out who Jesus really is and what exactly it is that Jesus is up to. So Nicodemus sets up a meeting. He wants to go sit down with Jesus and have a real conversation. The problem is Nicodemus can't do that and have people know about it because then he'd be in trouble. So Nicodemus sends word to Jesus, Jesus, I would love to get together with you. Are you free at midnight tomorrow night? You laugh, but that's really what he does. He says, I can't meet you in the daytime. I've got to meet with you in the middle of the night so people don't know. And now you also have to understand, this is the gospel according to John. Now John, as he's writing this story, John's got a couple of things going on here we ought to know about. One of John's very favorite moves is the move from dark to light, right? Because when you start the gospel according to John, the light that shines in the darkness and the darkness doesn't overcome it, right? That's Jesus, the light that shines in the darkness. So now we've got Nicodemus who is setting up a meeting in the middle of the night so that it's in darkness, figuratively and literally. But you see what John's doing here? He's moving Nicodemus on the game board. He's moving him out of the dark and into the light because now he's standing next to Jesus. And Nicodemus doesn't even know that this is happening. But ever so slowly, Nicodemus is moving in the direction of Jesus. Now, when you study the Gospel of John and you get to the end of the story, you're going to see Nicodemus again. And Nicodemus is taking up for Jesus. He really has moved out of the dark and into the light. But now this first meeting between Nicodemus and Jesus, this one is great. Because Nicodemus shows up. And he starts, like, because he wants to make a good impression on Jesus, he starts with a compliment. Jesus is so good to meet you. Now, look, all of us know that you're from God because nobody could do the stuff that you do and not be from God. And Jesus says, well, thank you. And then John, using another one of his favorite things, John's all about playing with language. John uses words that have multiple meanings in the same context. You have to know the context of what's being said in order to understand what the word means. In Greek, there are all kinds of words that are the same. So here's, here's what's going on. This is masterful. The word that Nicodemus and Jesus are stumbling over, above or again, right? It's the same word in Greek, above and again, the exact same word. So when Jesus says, you must be born from above, what Nicodemus hears is, you must be born again. Now, granted, there's a significant, significant difference between being born from above or being born from again, as we picked up on in the children's sermon, when Sabrina so rightly says, well, you can't do that. Well, that's what Nicodemus says. You can't do that. Goes back and forth and back and forth. Ultimately, 
Jesus looks at Nicodemus and said, Aren't you a teacher of Israel? You should know this. You're a Pharisee. This isn't complicated. How is it that you're stumbling over this? Well, Nicodemus isn't really alone in stumbling over this. Their whole theologies built around this interaction between Jesus and Nicodemus. In fact, many of those theologies see this interaction between Jesus and Nicodemus is one of Jesus' most fundamental commands, a need that you have a new life in Christ Jesus. And, and hear me out. I am not disputing in any way, shape, or form God's saving grace leads to a new life. That's exactly right. But I do want us to toy around and at least consider something about this conversation that I think is important for us to struggle with. If we took, just for sake of giggles this morning, and said that this isn't a command, that Jesus isn't commanding anything here, that it's actually an invitation, that Jesus is inviting us to think about something in a whole new way, now, that may be a minor point. It really might be a minor point. But think about, well, think about it this way. The Christian faith becomes a lot more intriguing when you're inviting someone into it instead of telling them how unworthy they are unless they submit to it. Now, let me put that in a different way. You know that, that saying about sugar versus vinegar and attracting people? Here it is played out in the real world, right? If we just invite people to come and be a part of something that has changed our lives, that we know will change their life, and tell, telling them how bad they are unless they do it, we might get a better response. Now, the best part of this encounter between Jesus and Nicodemus is that Jesus is really having fun with it. I mean, this is playful. When you read it and you know that it's a word play and that Jesus is really just messing with Nicodemus, he's, he really is. He's poking at him. You don't know this? How are you confused about this? Jesus is laughing that Nicodemus is confused about this. Jesus is, is at his most human. He's having fun. He's joking. And he's not making fun of Nicodemus as much as he is making fun of the circles that Nicodemus has worked himself up into. Now, I don't know about you, but this is a Jesus I want to hang out with. This is a Jesus who is, is lighthearted and fun and knows that God is on our side and not trying to smite us. And Jesus wants us to know that too. This is something that all of us can get behind and celebrate that Jesus is human enough to be able to laugh with us. So when you put John 3.16, that verse that we all memorize, in context of Jesus and Nicodemus standing in the light of God's love, being able to laugh and joke about how one is connected to God's love, it takes on a decidedly different feel. Not so much about a command or if you don't get it right, God's going to smite you. As much as it is that Jesus wants you to know that God is on your side and really wants to be in relationship with you.
Not so much a command that we get right with God, as much as an invitation to see how God is changing things for the better and wants us to be a part of that. All right, so i got a funny story to tell that goes along with this. How many of you have ever driven from Andrews, North Carolina to Bryson City? You ever made that trip? A couple of you are nodding your head. So just to put that in, in place, you're moving from the four-lane highway in Andrews, North Carolina. It necks down to this little two-lane country highway, and you're getting ready to go alongside the Nantahala River until it comes out on the other four lane that'll take you into Bryson City. Well, before you get to the river, before you get to the top of the hill that is Topton, North Carolina, there's this little white country church that's on the left. It has been there for a long, long time. I've been making that drive for over 25 years, and that church has been there for as long as I've been doing it really sits right on the highway. Their parking lot just pulls right off the highway. And sometime, a long time ago, somebody thought it was a great idea to use part of their parking lot to put up a billboard. And on that billboard, there's a, a little white church that looks just like their church, and it's got a question on it. Where do you want to spend eternity? Question mark. Big, big letters, and they're kind of slanted in an italics. Heaven and clouds with little angels with halos, right? Or hell, and it's covered with fire. And they love this billboard enough that they've repainted it three times over the years that I've driven by it, right? And then underneath that, in big block letters, it says John 3.16. Now, this is the honest part. When your preacher is being really honest, I have often thought how much fun it would be to get a can of black paint and a paintbrush. And in the cover of darkness, deep, dark night, pull up into that parking lot without my lights on and walk up to the billboard and put a dash and the number 17. So it'd be John 3, 16, and 17. Why? Well, because one, I think it'd be playful. I think it would be invitational. I think that if you read John 3, 16, you can't stop there and not read John 3, 17. Those two verses are a pair. They go together. They're important together. Because God so loved the world that he sent his son into the world so that all of us might have life is a great starting point. But the reason God did that is to save all of humanity. Not to condemn us, but to save us. And it puts everything that Jesus does and says in a context that doesn't fit some of our fear-based theologies. It reminds us that God is about love and about salvation and about wanting to be in relationship with us. So God sent Jesus into the world to reaffirm that promise that God initially made with Abraham so long ago. 
You will be my people and I will be your God and you will be a blessing to all the people of the earth. Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn us, but to save us. And that act of grace is the foundation of all of our Christian faith. It's an invitation that we bear witness to in everything that we do when we're representing Jesus in this world that God created. You and I were created and called by Christ to be a blessing, a blessing to all God's people, inviting people into relationship with the God who creates us and who loves us and forgives us and saves us and laughs with us and calls us to laugh at ourselves. That's what God does. That's the business that God is in. Our job as disciples of Jesus is to live in a way that invites people to want to come be a part of that party. That's the good news. That God loves us so much that he sent Jesus into the world to save us, not to condemn us, and to invite us to be part of this party that God's throwing that he talks about all the time. Go out into the streets, the highways and the byways, and collect up whoever you can and bring them to the feast so that we might be a blessing to all God's people. Amen.